Welcome to Mindset for Medical Moms. I'm your host, Courtney Given, fellow medical mom and life coach. I'm here to help you handle everything from doctor's appointments to surgery so you can feel confidence and peace as you navigate the ups and downs of medical motherhood. This podcast will share strategies and real life tools to strengthen your mindset and increase your emotional resilience. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hello, beautiful medical moms. I'm back. I took a little break from the podcast because April was a hard month for me. I have been going to therapy for some childhood related trauma, and I've been finding all kinds of things about myself. And it has been very eye opening for me and a lot to process. On top of April is Zola, my hypoplastic left heart baby's birthday. And with that comes a lot of emotions. And one of my favorite mentors um, and coaches, Simone Grace Soul, has a program called Joyful Marketing and that I'm a part of. It's a phenomenal community. If you need marketing needs and you are a creative coach or artist or spiritual person out there, like she has everyone from high level coaches to tarot card readers to she has a vast, beautiful community. And anyway, I just cannot say enough about her. But she has a concept called the resting room in her program. And it is a concept I've adopted and try to teach my own clients. Um, But essentially, it is when you recognize that you need to rest somehow in some way. And for me, I took a look at my workload and I took a look at my presence online and I was pretty absent for a while. Like I don't think I even went on Instagram for like two weeks straight, which says a lot about our modern day society. But for me, I really needed a break from the online world and consumption just to sit with my body and sit with my feelings and... Um, I'm feeling so rested and much more prepared to step back into podcasting and it has done wonders for me. And so I practice what I preach when I teach my clients these tools and sometimes they are not easy to do. Like it's not easy to say, oh, I'm going to stop doing this or take back from social media or whatever because in our hustly grinding culture, we can sometimes assume that that's not an option for us. And especially as medical moms, when we have a lot on our plates and you are juggling so many different things in your life, it's important to recognize when you need to take a break. And so I took a break and now I'm back. Today we are doing a podcast episode on questions to ask yourself. And in my coaching practice, I have only two rules when someone works with me. Number one, I will point out lovingly, of course, the judgment that you might not notice. We don't judge ourselves in coaching. And it's a habit you have to unlearn, which I will help you walk through that process by 
helping you see when you're judging yourself or when you are coming from a place of shame. And it's so subtle and sneaky. So many of my clients are like, oh, I didn't even realize I had that kind of reaction to this. Um, So we don't judge ourselves because judgment stops growth. Judgment stops curiosity. And curiosity is like the antidote to judgment because when you are judgmental of who you are or what you're doing or what you've done or your past or what you think you're capable of, you don't have the ability to become more aware of the why and the possibilities that surround you. So instead of judgment, we work on transitioning to curiosity. And curiosity doesn't mean you have to love everything about yourself. It just means exactly what what it is. You just get very interested in getting to know yourself. And when you come to yourself with honest fascination, honest intrigue, and honest curiosity, when you get really curious about why you're doing what you're doing or what you're thinking, so much possibility will bloom. Your self-awareness will increase so much faster because you'll have the ability to understand yourself in a way that you haven't before. And then you'll be able to make connections in a loving way between your thoughts, your feelings, and your behavior. Too often, you will come to conclusions about yourself, even if you notice your thoughts, feelings, and your actions and the connection they have then your conclusion is that you're bad or something is wrong with you when you're coming at that from a place of judgment. But when you're curious about this and you're like, wow, this is so interesting that I keep thinking this thought that creates the feeling of this that makes me do this because your feelings are creating created by how you are thinking. And if you're thinking this is an impossible situation and I can't do it, you're going to feel defeated. And if you're feeling defeated, you're not going to be looking at the resources you have available. You're not going to be in a position to ask for help. Or if you do, it might be like a very halfway attempt at trying. So you're feeling like you're trying, but you're actually not trying. And as a result, you're going to keep making it harder on yourself. You're going to keep perpetuating that it is a impossible situation for you. So with that said, the second rule in my coaching practice is we answer our own questions. And this is one of the most powerful things you can do starting right now. I've said this before on the podcast, but I'm dedicating a whole episode to questions to ask yourself So that you can see when you're coming from curiosity, from possibility, and from imagination, you can start seeing other options that are available to you. One of the basic tenets of my coaching program and the things I teach on this podcast is that a lot of the things that we're dealt with in life are outside of our control. And so accepting the things we cannot control And then accepting what we can control, which is largely ourself and how we think about our circumstances, is how we are going to change our attitudes, how we are going to feel more empowered through medical motherhood. And oftentimes, it starts with 
just asking ourselves a question so we can consider it. And I don't mean to ask these things in like a flippant way, right? Like we're not saying this to just like, oh, let's just ask ourselves a bunch of questions. I want you to actually consider it like you would consider a very serious thing. Or maybe not like serious as in like, oh, it's scary, but like consider it with intention. Consider it with power. And you as the authority of your life can ask yourself some questions so that you can see what is else is available to you. And I think this will make more sense as I ask these questions. Okay, so we ask, we answer our own questions because oftentimes our brain will offer us a question like, oh my gosh, what if we can't do it? And we think that is actually a statement. And most of the time your brain is interpreting that as a thought, a sentence. So when you ask yourself, oh my gosh, what if we can't do it? What you're actually thinking and believing is, oh my gosh, we can't do it, right? The question becomes a thought, which becomes your belief. And so you're operating from, oh my gosh, we can't do it. Or a part of your identity is like, I am incapable of doing said thing, like changing a G-tube or a trach or learning CPR or getting your insurance bills figured out. Whatever it is, your thoughts about that action matter because it will impact how you feel when you do that action. And you deserve to feel a little bit lighter, right? I can't take away your workload, but I can teach you how to feel better through your workload. And it all starts with how you're thinking. And so a way to open up your thoughts, a way to open yourself up to more things, more possibilities is by asking ourselves some questions and then answering it. So if a question, so a client, if they came to me and said like, oh my gosh, but what if I can't do it? I would say, okay, what if you can't? Let's answer that. So I'm not going to answer all of these questions, but I am going to maybe expand on a few so that you can see what I mean. So here are some, here's my list of questions. First, this is an OG question that you should be a- asking yourself often, especially, especially when you are overwhelmed. This is one of those questions that will ground you and help you so much. The question is, what are the facts of my story? I ask myself this often, especially when I'm dealing with Zola stuff, because any kind time you're going to be headed to the doctor or getting news from a doctor or you're headed into an appointment or you're headed out of an appointment, you want to know what the facts are because otherwise your brain creates a story. Everyone does it. Everyone, our brains are storytellers. We absorb the information around us and we create a narrative that fits our understanding and our perspective of life filtered through all of our experiences. So when you are going away from a doctor's appointment and you just heard maybe some not great news or some disappointing news, or maybe your child has to increase medication and your brain is like, this is it. This is the start where everything goes downhill. I can't do this. This is so overwhelming. I... I don't know how we're going to face this. What if we have to go back to the hospital? Like your brain will go and create this whole narrative about some of the facts that were offered to you. So you want to ask yourself, what are the facts of this story? 
What are the facts of this situation? And I encourage you actually to write this one down so you can see visually what you know versus what you're thinking, right? The thoughts are not facts. So knowing exactly what you are thinking in a non-factual way will show you what parts of your story are optional, what you are opting into versus what you can't change. And if some of your thoughts are optional and they are unhelpful or don't serve you in a way that will help you show up the way you want to, then you can change those things. Maybe you don't want to change all of them, but even just a few tweaks in how you are thinking makes a huge difference. For me, a lot of it is just grounding in, okay, here are what we, here's what we know, and here's what I'm thinking about, and here is the next step. And this will honestly help you ground yourself into thinking about just what's in front of you. What are the next few steps that we have to accomplish before you start spiraling and feel so overwhelmed? Okay, the next question is how am I how am I feeling right now? This is a really great quick check-in, sometimes maybe not so quick, but I like to ask myself, especially in heated moments where I feel my body is very activated when I'm parenting my kids, when there is a lot of energy with my children, when all three of them are doing something, saying something, being loud, asking for things, needing things, and the energy in my house is like, I'm trying to absorb all of that, I will literally be like, how am I feeling right now? Not what my kids are feeling. Stop absorbing what they're feeling. How am I feeling right now? And I will notice, oh, I'm feeling very tense. I'm feeling very overwhelmed. I'm starting to feel a little agitated, whatever it is that I feel. And just that that acknowledgement will help you because that helps you separate your feelings from their feelings. They are not the cause of my agitation. My thoughts about how they are behaving is the cause of my agitation. And I have complete control of that. So when I'm able to check in, I have more awareness and I have more choices available to me. When we're not aware of those things and we act impulsively or react to those emotions, that's where we don't feel like we have control because we, we feel the opposite. We feel out of control because we're not aware of how, what we're thinking or how we are feeling. So checking in with yourself regularly, just asking yourself, how am I feeling? You might be surprised. One time I was driving to the grocery store and I thought that I knew exactly how I felt because I was like in a good mood. I had just gotten coffee and I was going on my little drive to Costco. And I'm one of those people that love grocery shopping. And then I was like, oh, how am I feeling right now? And I was actually very anxious. And then I did a little self-coaching and I kept asking myself questions. And lo and behold, I discovered this whole layer of anxiety and I knew exactly after a few minutes of why I felt it and what thoughts were driving it. And it was so powerful in that 20 minute drive to be able to identify this and feel it and release it. And it's not always that quick, but sometimes it is. And it's really helpful and powerful as a mom. Okay, another one. How can I imagine another way? Sometimes we need to be resourceful and creative. And that starts by opening ourselves up to the possibility that there is another way. Another version of this is, what if it's possible 
that there is another way to think about this. Oftentimes, we will think very specific, very, um, I can't think of the word right now, when we are saying things in extremes, all all the time, always, never, uh, all of those words, those descriptive words, create this very extreme way of thinking because if this never happens, if it's impossible, if it's all of those words create a very rigid, very um, limited way of doing things. And oftentimes we're only thinking that way out of habit, not out of intention, not out of like choice. So when we can unlearn that, when we become aware of that, that's where we give ourselves the possibility of thinking about something different, right? What if there's another way to think about this? What if this situation is not hard all the time? What if it's only hard 30% of the time, right? What if hard is subjective? What if I can do hard things? This is the way you open yourself up to all those thoughts, just by asking yourself questions. What if I did know what to do? This is another question I ask my clients a lot that most of them I don't think love, but it is a powerful question. And I say that as a client who've ha- who has had coaches ask me this and I still don't love it, but it is very powerful. And it is one of those questions that nine out of 10 times, you do know what to do. It's like, what if I did know what to do? Especially when you're overwhelmed, you're like, oh, I just need to sit down and do the thing I'm avoiding or procrastinating. And every once in a while, you might not know what to do, but it's worth asking yourself so that you can be like, oh, yeah, I'm just in my feelings and avoiding my feelings almost simultaneously. So I'm not actually doing the thing I need to do, which would help me feel better. Um, Another question I love is what would love look like in this situation? Sometimes we want to know how to show up, but we don't really know what that looks like. And so we have to ask ourselves, what would love look like in this situation? And I love to include myself in that, especially in this question I like to use in family situations where you're setting boundaries. Like what would love look like for your mother-in-law and for yourself? And sometimes the most loving thing is setting a boundary for both of you because oftentimes when you're not setting that boundary, you are not showing up in a loving way. So sometimes a boundary helps you show up more loving than had there not been a boundary. So ask yourself, what would love look like in this situation? Sometimes it means seeing someone less. Sometimes it means not talking to somebody. Uh, one of my favorite, favorite questions is what advice would my future self give me right now? What would future me a year from now tell me what to do in this situation? Or in two years from now, if this situation gets resolved, how do I want to show up for the next two years? I like thinking of future me either having accomplished what I've done or, or what I'm facing or giving me advice from that future space because it helps me understand that we're not stuck and this helps me refocus that it helps me ground myself in this is not a forever thing and it opens me up to new possibilities another variation is like how do I want to show up right now 
How do I want to show up in this moment? Some more questions. What's one thing I can do today for my future self? Self-explanatory, super helpful. What can I do to laugh a lot today? I don't know about you, but I love laughing. I love feeling happy and giddy and carefree and just even a little bit nostalgic and entertained. Like I love all of those feelings and emotions. And even if I have to create that scenario for me to feel that way, it's worth it. Um, We've been watching jury duty for the last two nights. We've like just like watched all the episodes over two nights and it was so hilarious and so funny. I highly recommend we were just having fits of laughter. And honestly, that is like my favorite because you have to face a lot of serious things. You deserve to laugh. You deserve to have that carefree giddiness feeling. Um, So find a way for you to laugh, whether that's at a TV show or a movie or music or dancing silly or doing silly things with your kids. Like figure out how you can laugh a lot today and see how it feels. How do I want to feel about next week's appointment? This is a different, this is like a variation of like, how do I want to show up right now? But sometimes you want to ask how you want to feel, right? And specifically, how do you want to feel about next week's appointment? This is a question I ask almost all my clients in like a lot of different sessions. Any kind of session where we're constantly looking at how you are currently feeling and how you want to feel differently. Or what do you want to feel instead of? Because oftentimes when you're getting coached, there is something going on and you're feeling a certain way and it's not necessarily how you want to feel. So in order to know what you need to do differently, we have to know how you want to feel instead. And it's not how you want to think yet. We always start with your feeling because feelings drive all of our behavior. Feelings matter, I think, a little bit even more than you're thinking, even though they're like intertwined. Because If you're only focused on your thoughts, you're not going to be paying attention much to how it feels when you're thinking those thoughts and then what you're going to do in response to those feelings. So you want to know, how do you want to feel about an appointment? And did you know that you can decide that ahead of time? You can say, I want to feel grounded in next week's appointment. This opens you up to so much. You just learned so much about yourself. One, then you can ask yourself, What does grounded look like? What does that look like in action? What does it look like to show up at a doctor's appointment? What are you going to do as a grounded person? What are you not going to do as a grounded person? Right? You can get a very clear visual of what that looks like and means to you. And then you ask yourself, what do I need to be thinking or believing to generate groundedness? What does groundedness feel like and where does that come from, right? What thoughts would I have if I'm feeling grounded? Or if if it's a different emotion, maybe you just want to feel very present, right? Maybe you want to feel more confidence. Maybe you're about to ask your doctor something and you want the confidence to advocate. Maybe you've been to like a ton of appointments lately and you have been in the ringer and just like advocating hardcore for some new thing or a new drug or, um, more physical therapy or an appointment being moved around or something, right? Maybe you just want more confidence. And if you want to feel more confident and you know what that looks like, 
what thoughts are you going to need to have in order to feel that way? And then now you've just given yourself so much goodness. You can now practice those thoughts, figure out what you are currently thinking first, right? Like what is, why are you not already thinking those things? Another great question to ask and see what you need to do. What is causing the the disconnect between what you're currently thinking and what you want to think? And this is what I help my clients do. I help them bridge that gap so they can learn how to practice new thoughts. I have a whole podcast episode on how to believe a new belief or believe a new thought or something like that. And I will link it in the show notes. But it is, I take you through all the different ways you can practice new beliefs. So check that one out too. Um, But ask yourself, start it with just how you're feeling. How do I want to feel about next week's appointment or surgery or procedure or consultation or physical therapy or meeting with teachers? Anything works. Um, How can I make myself a priority so I have the ability to show up for others? What can you do to prioritize yourself? Because you cannot show up with an empty cup. You have to take care of yourself. You really do. And it's hard especially with the messaging women get and mothers get and the lack of a village nowadays. It can be it can be hard. But even if that means you do less overall and you include yourself in the to-do list, I always use that phrase because it's like I just know from personal experience and from the women I've observed as like we create a whole to-do list about everyone else and then once the to-do list is somewhat finished it never or hardly ever includes ourselves. Or it's like so down the list that we don't even get there. So one of my goals as a life coach and as a medical mom is to help women include themselves in that to-do list. And this is one question you can ask yourself and you might realize that you're not prioritizing yourself at all. Um, Another way to start prioritizing yourself is asking yourself, what do I love about myself? Loving yourself is a huge part of building confidence and self-worth. And it's something we work on in my coaching practice and something I teach a lot on the podcast because too often we think our worth and our value come out from outside of ourselves. But it is absolutely not. Our value is inherent and 100% whole, never changes. And yet, our perception of who we are and how lovable we are often dictates our self-worth. And when you become a medical mom, all of our insecurities are magnified. As your circumstances change, dramatically often with being a medical mom, the insecurities you've had and carried are magnified. And so all of a sudden you feel like you're like, I just want to deal with my sick kid. Why am I also dealing with all these like insecurities that are popping up everywhere? Why do I feel so bad about myself? And why do I feel so negative about my body and like my relationship with my parents? And why is all this coming up all at once? It's just because we have had these things that we have been either not dealing with or only kind of dealing with. And all of a sudden, our brain is like, oh, 
we can deal with all of this stuff right now. It just magnifies it. So building a foundation of worth starts with acknowledging yourself and maybe love might be a huge jump for you. I know for me, when I was starting to become aware of my own thoughts and I was honest with myself, it did feel like a huge jump. I was like, I'm not allowed to love myself. I'm allowed to like kind of understand that I'm cool, but I can't be too cool because that's bad, right? Like I can't love myself too much because then I'd be self-absorbed. No, that kind of thinking stops you from even liking yourself. So maybe you ask yourself, what do I like about myself today? What did I like about myself? What do I like about myself in general? This will help you start building that foundation, that friendship with yourself. Okay, what am I grateful for today, this week, after the appointment? All the variations count. Just a great question to ask yourself. How can I honor my body today? What does my body need? Rest, sleep, fun, a walk, more exercise, water, a bath, some protein, a treat. (laughs) Like ask yourself generally, how can I honor my body today? It deserves honoring. What is one thing I can take care of today? I like asking myself, like, what is the one thing I really want to get done today? My to-do list, everyone's to-do list literally never ends. And um, so often I will have like five things on my list, but I always have just one thing that I want to fully get done today. And this helps a lot anchor yourself around that one thing. So sometimes I just have to prioritize my brain. This is a fun question. How can I become more connected to my internal joy? How can I become more connected to my internal joy? Internal joy to me means the happiness and joy that doesn't take a lot to generate. Like it's not like a struggle to like generate in your brain. And even through April, when I was feeling pretty emotional all over the place, (laughs) I was crying a lot and just feeling a lot. I felt internal joy when I observed my kids a lot. I just am so fascinated with motherhood and I've like as my kids are growing and there's like not babies around, it's even more apparent that they're like separate human beings, which is very obvious, but such a surreal thing to experience as they're like little people and having their own opinions and going to school and creating their own lives. Like my oldest daughter is in second grade and I remember second grade so vividly. Like I just remember what it felt like to be a kid and go to school and like have this whole separate life from my parents and as I'm seeing that, like seeing them grow and getting to know them on this level has been so joyful. And noticing what internal joy is for you will help you get to know yourself better. And the more you know yourself better, the better you can take care of yourself, the more you can love about yourself, the more you'll find yourself fascinating and interesting. And you have to spend time with yourself. That's just a part of building that connection with yourself, building that intimacy, building self-trust. You got to know who you are. Um, What are the priorities in this season of life? Sometimes 
in a season of life, you can feel a little bit out of sorts and feel like you don't know where to put your energy because the previous season of life or the future season of life is distracting you, like shiny object syndrome, where you're just like, oh, well, three months ago, I was capable of doing all of these things. And now I'm not. So I'm just like, so down about I'm not doing what I wish I could do. And I'm just not, it's just not the same and blah, blah, blah. Like, that is very distracting for you. And your past self and your future self is not better or worse than your current self. You're all equal. It doesn't matter how much your past self has gotten done or didn't do, your current self is not better or worse. There is no hierarchy of your versions of yourself. So instead, remind yourself in this season of life with whatever current circumstances I am facing or I am in experiencing, what are the priorities? And this is just a really great way to ground yourself into what is important to you now. Yeah, maybe you could do a lot three months ago or different amounts of a lot, right? Because that's still very subjective. What you're doing now is enough. And the last question I have is how can I strengthen my self-belief today? What's one thought I can believe about myself today? I think looking back when I had no tools and no mindset work and no thought work and no awareness of my emotions or how and like when I was so disconnected from my body, the very first thing I did was start to work on my self-belief because I had no idea that I was not believing in myself and I didn't realize how often I was shitting on myself. I was so very judgmental. And it's never going to be all or nothing. You're never going to just wake up and be like, oh, I just never have any doubts. I never have any bad thoughts about myself. Maybe one day. Okay, I'm not going to limit you. But realistically, your thoughts are going to come and go. That's the beauty of your thoughts is that they're not permanent and they will come and go. And how you respond to them is what matters the most. And when you're able to look at how you're treating yourself, become more aware of your thoughts, you can start practicing believable thoughts. Too often, we think our job is to combat a very negative thought with a very positive thought. And this, in my opinion, is oftentimes the worst thing you can do. I want you to believe every positive thought you want to believe about yourself. But so much is only so much is believable to your brain. And when we make it believable, it's going to be more likely to stick and feel authentic to you. So if you're thinking every single day that you are ugly or you hate your body or you're a bad mother, you are not going to just be able to magically believe the opposite of those things. So what I like to do is find the neutral belief in between. Something that feels just a lot less negative, but not necessarily positive. And so if you're thinking, wow, I'm really ugly. Every time you look in the mirror, you're naked. Instead of saying, 
wow, I'm really ugly. You catch the thought, right? You notice it and you're like, oh, there's that thought again. I, my favorite go-to neutral thought about my body is, there I am. I have a body. That's my body. This is how bodies look. Notice that none of those sentences are positive. But your brain might interpret them as positive because anything that's like not negative, I think that's a double negative, not negative. Anyway, (laughs) anything that's not negative will somehow be interpreted as positive in your brain. Because negativity is how your brain is wired. There's nothing wrong with you for being negative. There's literally no judgment about that. Okay, so don't judge yourself about that. Remember, curiosity. You're like, oh, there's that thought. And I'm pract- you're practicing catching those thoughts, noticing what you're thinking about yourself. And you're like, there's that thought that just keeps coming and coming. And you're like, yeah, I have a body. This is how bodies look. That's not positive. But it is neutral and it's helping you move away from a negative thought. So sometimes strengthening strengthening your self-belief each day is just by gradually taking your thoughts in a more neutral direction. And so I challenge you when you listen to this episode, find a way to strengthen your self-belief by thinking a thought about yourself that's neutral, like, or asking yourself one of these questions, because I guarantee that as you ask these questions and you're open to the answers and you really give it a go, you will find yourself feeling a little bit more confident, feeling more capable and believing in yourself just a little bit more. And that's what my whole goal is for this podcast is so that you can strengthen that muscle in your brain and strengthen the muscle of feeling your feelings and strengthen the muscle of doing hard things and strengthen the muscle of believing in yourself. All right, my friends, if you have any questions, come see me in the Facebook group. If you are interested in coaching with me, I would love to have a conversation with you. I am not scary. I don't bite. I would love to talk about your medical mom journey and what you need to feel more supported navigating it. Um, I'm thankful for all of you, for my listeners, and I'm grateful for every single person who listens. I check my ratings and even when I am not creating podcasts, you're still listening to my podcast and it literally just means so much to me. I think... Um, I just wish I had the words other than thank you, but just know that I am very grateful. So I hope you all have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. The episode is over, but there's so much more you can get from our Facebook group. Come to the Mindset for Medical Moms Facebook group community at the link in the show notes and discuss all the things about the podcast. Also, you can get coached for free. Come and ask me questions and connect with fellow medical moms. I hope to see you there. Thank you so much. Thank you.